Hey everyone, welcome back to StadiaCast. This is episode 22. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? You're muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. That's what's <laughs> going on. Not much, dude. Just getting ready to talk some Stadia. Uh, uh, watching all of the stuff at Gamescom was exhausting to me, and I can't imagine being there and actually interacting with that many people. Um, but I think we got some great news to talk about. We definitely did. I, it was exhausting for you. I had to, because I wanted to get the quotes from the videos. So I watched those videos probably like, I don't know, 16 times so I could get Ooh. the wording right. Because I would I would back up and then I would type what they said and I would back up and type <laughs> what they said over and over and over to get these quotes. Uh, but yeah, we, that's right. We got Gamescom to talk about. But before we talk about that stuff... Uh, just want to let everybody know that we record this show live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern over at youtube.com slash StadiaCast. And I hate to start off this way, but I just lied to you because next weekend <laughs> we're not going to be recording StadiaCast. I am going to be in at DragonCon uh, talking about uh, digital media uh, uh, content creation, stuff like that. And if you're going to be in the Atlanta, Georgia area and you're going to Dragon Con and you want to meet up with me or go to one of the panels that I'm going to be on, make sure that you head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Dragon Con. And, uh, you know, if you see me there, make sure you come over, give me a high five. It'd be wonderful to meet you. So that's the reason that we're not going to have an episode next week. And then the week after <laughs> that, uh, Lloyd is going to uh, be indisposed at 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern. So. Uh, we're going to be, we'll let you know when we're going to record that show. We're not sure if it's going to be later in the day on Sunday, cause he's going to have like a billion people in his house and it's just going to be too crazy for him, for him to record. Uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, we will let you guys know when we're going to record. It will either be later that day on Sunday or maybe Monday night or something like that. Um, right. maybe not Monday night. I don't know. Cause I, I, I have Taekwondo that night, so I'm not sure, but it, anyway, uh, up. rest assured outside of not getting an episode next weekend, we will find some way to bring you guys all the stadia news. And that's, that's what we do here at stadia cast. If you want to directly support the show, you can do so by heading on over to anchor.fm slash stadia cast. And then there's a button there that says support this podcast. And if you click that button for as little as a dollar, you can help Lloyd and I create more episodes of stadia cast lloyd are you ready to talk about gamescom i am sir uh like i said a lot of news coming out of it so it's going to be fun all right so what what was your big takeaway from from uh stadia and gamescom my big take was all of the big um all, all the, the major news websites and um and like fan sites saying oh my god stadia doesn't suck um which seems to have been kind of the tone for the longest time it's like this is never going to work it's going to be terrible it's going to be laggy um and it seems like every interview from ign from from uh just some some different youtube videos that that i follow uh, everyone's like it works amazingly well i played i played doom with other people at the one of the biggest or the biggest games festival in the world and there was almost no lag and i don't believe how they did this yeah um and that came from multiple multiple areas which um kind of made me smile a little bit because if it if it performs well there it's going to perform well in in many other um instances like your living room exactly that's the thing that you have to keep in mind is gamescom uh and and anytime you go to a big convention like this it is generally 
the worst possible environment to test mm-hmm. something that depends on the internet. Uh, my best example would be if you go back to the um, the unveiling of FaceTime on Apple. <sighs> Steve Jobs is up there on the screen or up there on the stage, and and he's like, he's trying to do FaceTime with somebody uh, backstage or whatever. And it's not working. And he's like, did you guys turn off your Wi-Fi? Did you turn off that? We need you to turn that stuff off for this to work. There's too many signals. And it was like a really big embarrassment for them. And I I, like I highly doubt that um, Stadia was using Wi-Fi at Gamescom. But uh, for, for it still to be working there, uh, it obviously... They, they, it seems like they must have it nailed. And uh, we've got a couple of things that people had sent in. Uh, so let's take a look at this first one. Uh, this isn't, uh, yeah, this is not an interview, but it's more of a, a couple of people from IGN were standing there and they were talking about Doom and they, they kind of got sidetracked and ended up talking about Stadia. And I find, found some quotes from Destin Legary. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, yeah. And he said, like, the overall for this is that he was skeptical, but then once he played it, he was, like, really impressed. And so, uh, first off, I've got a bunch of quotes. We'll take each quote one at a time, and then Lloyd and I can talk about it. So, his first quote, he's talking about Doom. And he says, having played it on PC, I was really curious. I had been really cynical about Stadia. I mean, their streams can't even stop lagging, you know? So I try it out, and I think it sold me on Google Stadia. It stuttered a little bit on a cutscene, but that was about it. The flow of combat still felt really good on the controller. So uh, what do you think about that, Lloyd? I, I think that's fantastic. And I mean, if if you're going to get stuttering from cutscenes, that's probably not even related to the network. That could just be a little blip with the video playback um, from from that cutscene. Um, I, I, I think that's great. I, I mean, Doom... There isn't a faster first-person shooter than Doom. You're moving constantly. You're shooting constantly. You're 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 jumping. You're dodging. There's um there's fire coming from all angles, and and that's why it always kind of amazed me that this was kind of the game that they keep showing off about um, Stadia. It, it just means that they're really sure and really proud of what they've developed here. And uh, for someone that's been a skeptic to be really excited, um, I, I think that says really good things about the service. And I mean, it, it's it, it, it was in the worst possible location for them to be playing this, and it worked well. So I'm feeling pretty confident that I'll be able to get a, a decent uh, f- FPS without too much lag here in my house. And, and well, just to be fair, to you know, do the other side of that argument. Uh, in Lloyd's house, it's going to be fantastic. In my house, it's going to be fantastic. But there are going to be some people whose houses just don't have the internet or the bandwidth available that is needed for Stadia. Yep. Uh, so we understand that. And when people bring that up to me, and that happens a lot, a lot of people say, well, what do you think about this where you know I don't have fast enough internet? My answer to them is simply, then Stadia is not for you yet. Sure. Eventually, you will have fast internet, but right now, it's not for you, and that's okay. Not everything has to be for everybody. You know, sure. I, I talk to a lot of people about, you know, this. You know, people get upset about, oh my god, I can't believe that this company is making this game. I don't like this game. Well, okay, then don't buy it. That game's for somebody else. It's not for you. So. Uh, yeah. he, he went on to talk about Mortal Kombat. I think it's really, 
it, you know, you mentioned confidence, Lloyd. I think it really mm. shows confidence from from Google that these are the two games that they were heavily depending on at Gamescom. Doom, uh, is it Eternal or Inferno? Eternal. In, in, Eternal, yeah. Yeah. So Doom Eternal and Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, these are two incredibly fast-paced games where it is very, very important that you get the latency right and mm-hmm. for Google to go to the worst possible environment with two games that would have got to be one of the most difficult games to get right on a streaming environment and to nail it with both, that's really impressive. So Dustin, Dustin cool. Legary was talking, and he said, it seems to be pr- playing talking about Mortal Kombat. Uh, he said, it seems to be playing pretty well. I didn't get hands-on with it, but I was watching other people play, and they were executing their moves, and they didn't seem to be impacted by any sort of lag that a 60 FPS fighting game would encounter. Uh, so, I, you know what else is uh, exciting to me about this? Uh, for a game like Mortal Kombat, is the idea that when... Okay, Lloyd, have you played Super Smash Bros. Online? Uh, I, I've played something. Uh, I don't know if it was really playing Super Smash Brothers online. It was <laughs> it was leggy and things were jumping around, but yeah, yeah, I have it. It wasn't good. It, it, so basically, the the problem with Smash is they a, a lot of people will say it's got bad netcode, maybe, but mm-hmm. it also has a problem where uh, when you are playing that game, if one person in your uh, group that's playing, maybe you're playing one v one, or maybe maybe you're playing eight people on the screen. Uh, if one of those people has a bad internet connection, it slows everybody's game down, and it's a really bad experience. Now, it doesn't happen to me always, but it does happen every once in a while, and it's very frustrating. For a fighting game like Mortal Kombat, that won't happen on Stadia. It, it, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but the way that I, that I look at it is the upload is just sending little tiny bits of information right? The download, which is where most people will run into the problem with Stadia, is what sends your video back. So if let's pretend that Lloyd has terrible internet and he and I are playing Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm of course playing as the T-800 and he's playing some lame character. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm playing but, Ash from from uh, from Evil Dead. Come on, that's not a lame character. Wait, he's in the game? <laughs> I think that was one of the leaked uh, DLC characters that's going to be coming out. Oh, okay. Well, I think that that turned out to be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator. I, I think, well, we'll see. Yeah, I we'll see. Anyway, so he's playing some character. I'm playing, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. So we're fighting each other, and he has a bad internet connection. What's going to happen is his game will start to look pixelated, but will probably still run smooth. My game will stay smooth the whole time because I have good internet. So somebody else that you're playing against they're going to be the only ones that experience a problem because you don't everything is happening on the same network all of the multiplayer stuff is happening on the same network so you they don't they there's less waiting around for stuff to happen and i think that is going to be a huge change and for me you know i may end up getting i i'm t- typically not a fighting game guy i may end up getting uh, a fighting game on stadia just so i can test this out because i think that it's possible that it might be the best environment to play a fighting game especially if people are reporting that the latency is just not an issue what do you think lloyd sure 
Yeah. Uh, first, I'm going to go back to your previous point about, um, well, it's going to work for us. It might not for, work for everybody because of the lack of internet. I, I was, uh, you reminded me of a conversation I was having with a buddy at work and he's like, oh, it's going to be terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, some people have, have ADSL and they have like 15 megabit down. And I was like, well, then they can't play it well, or they can play it 720p. It's, I mean, the service doesn't suck because not everybody can, can get to it. And he says, like, I disagree with you. And I was like, there's parts of Winnipeg <laughs> that don't get cable TV. There's parts of the province that don't get cable TV. There's huge parts in this continent that can't get cable TV. That doesn't mean that cable TV is a failure and sucks. It just means that that is what's available in your location. And he's like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And he, he kind of came came to my my thinking a little bit that you can create a service that doesn't service everybody. And it doesn't mean the service is bad. It just means that not everybody can can access it. Um, and, and then back to Mortal Kombat, when you're talking about the... Um, how having everything in the cloud is actually going to be better. That is entirely true because not a lot of video games <clears throat> that sell right now use um, private servers for multiplayer. So what that means is that either you or someone else that you're playing against, they're the server. So their, their system is doing all the heavy lifting, figuring out where they are, figuring out where the internet player is and trying to make it fair. Well, all that's going to be done in the cloud in Stadia. There's no more. Um, w the problem with Nintendo is they don't. They have terrible matchmaking. They have terrible server code. They have terrible everything yeah. because the internet is so new to them. Um, where Microsoft and and Sony have been doing it for a long time, so they're a little bit better there. Um, if all that stuff is just pushed into the cloud and you have your game running on a Stadia Blade, you have a server running on a Stadia Blade that's servicing the two people that are on a Stadia Blade and there's very low latency between those two nodes, your internet um, online play is going to be fantastic because not one or other of, uh, of the players are going to be uh, the hosts. Well, technically, I guess they would be, but it's all in the Stadia infrastructure. It's not going to be their home and then have to deal with any sort of latency and problems in their in their um their their like nodes uh in the uh in the neighborhood where there's someone that's downloading a bunch of torrents and it's ruining it for everybody. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. It's all going to happen in in Google's network infrastructure. And that's going to make gameplay um smoother from a multiplayer standpoint and it's also going to mean that game developers can uh, they don't have to be so crazy about their net code because there's going to be very low latency, even if one Stadia node is in North America and the other one is in Europe, because it is all going to be controlled and um, and, and they can do quality of service on all that traffic uh, from Google's network standpoint. Um, so they, they don't have to worry about the, the standard Internet out there causing them problems. They're, they're dealing with a really controlled network, which lot, hopefully over hopefully over time is going to make things better. A lot of times, the problem with the internet is the last mile. Uh, if you've never yep. heard that term before, the last mile refers to uh, how it get like the internet out there is incredibly fast until it gets to the wire that goes from the pole to your house, and then it's slow. Um, yep. So, getting rid of that last mile problem is very, very important, and I think that Stadia and you know XCloud or any other streaming services. This is going to be the end of that last mile problem when it comes to multiplayer games where somebody can ruin it for everybody else because they have crappy internet. There's been so like uh there's been so many times that I've gone to play a game 
and everybody's lagged out because whoever got chosen to be the server has terrible internet and now everybody's experience right. is awful and then in some of those games you can't even quit out because it's a multiplayer game and quitting out in a multiplayer game will penalize you because you're uh, in effect ruining everybody else's experience by quitting out so yep. you know a lot of multiplayer games will say oh you can't play for the next half hour because you quit out of a multiplayer experience which is totally a great idea i like that they do that uh, totally. But when you get into a match and it is a slideshow and a lag fest, it's just not fun. And, you know, because everything is so slow and laggy, the match takes even longer. So now you are you're almost like trapped in this, uh, you know, misery that you just can't get around. It's very, very frustrating. So, totally. you know, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. And it's also going to get get rid of uh, like you could be playing against Bobby on the internet, and Bobby has the best internet. He has he has like one one gigabit fiber both ways in his house. But Bobby has the router that came with his service, and Bobby <laughs> thought he was smart, and he bought an Eero, and he set the Eero up that is now uh, that is now sitting in his house connected to the base station that his service gave him. So now Bobby has double net and that is not going to work really well for online play. And you have all these like weird home, you have people that you're playing against that they're using power line networking and there's just all this crazy stuff that everybody has in their house. Well, that's gone now. Who cares? That is all sitting in the Google, Google network. All those problems are going to go away for game developers. They can make their code run perfect on the Google network. And then all you have to do is worry about your download speed being fast enough to to bring down that 1080p 60 or or whatever. Uh, you don't have to worry about all the Bobbies of the world that that have all this stuff. And uh, I'm not talking about Bob, but Bobby, the Nintendo guru. He's an awesome Bobby. Hey, he's and awesome. all Bobbies are actually We're awesome. We're talking about, damn it, Bobby. That kid right. from uh, whatever that show was. <laughs> what was that show? Yeah. Uh, King of the Hill. King of the Hill. There you go. Damn it, Bobby. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, so, you know, and there's going to be people who hear this argument. And their their response is going to be, well, what, well, then Bobby's going to have a terrible experience, right? But Bobby isn't going to cause a terrible experience for everyone else, which is what happens now. Uh, so That's right. there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this. Let's move on and look at a third quote from Destin. Uh, he is talking about xCloud now. So they were kind of having a conversation back and forth. And he said, I actually got to play Halo at E3 on xCloud. And I don't think the xCloud was as smooth. There was a lot of hitching. There was a lot of delay, actually. They have a controller connected to a screen, basically. And that was how you were playing a lot of the xCloud stuff. It seems like they have a little bit more work to do compared to Google Stadia platform, which, again, really, really impressed me. I think it might, surprisingly, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I thought there's no way Google Stadia is going to be this functional, and I tried it out, and oh my God, this thing might be good. So that was the quote from Dustin. He was incredibly skeptical and cynical about the idea that Google Stadia would work, and they seem to have sold it on to him ba just based on the fact that he got to try it. And whether or not it's better or worse than xCloud, I don't care. I, I want xCloud to do well. I want Stadia to do well because that means that we will have competition and multiple stores. Yep. And the thing about... Actually, you know, this might be a good topic for another episode, Lloyd. And let, let, let me just run this past you real quick. 
there's a lot of people out there who are always talking about how important it is that Stadia have exclusives. And the more that I think about it, for, I do think Stadia will have exclusive. We already know of a couple. Um, but the more I think about it, the more that I think that it doesn't matter nearly as much. Uh, and I think that we want to talk about that next episode. Does that work for you? Yeah, I dropped it in the chat. So we have it uh, recorded for, for posterity. Excellent. All right. Uh, so... Let's see where we are. Let's take a quick break. We're going to hear from a sponsor. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Stadia interface just a little bit. Stick around, guys. All right, we are back from uh, from our sponsored break, and uh, so many people sent this to me. Like it was, <laughs> it was a lot of people kept sending this to me. Uh, but somebody, somebody misbehaved. Somebody mm-hmm. was naughty. Uh, you were not supposed to take pictures of the screen at the Google Stadia booth, and I. I dare say you're probably not supposed to hit that Stadia button either, but somebody hit that Stadia button and it brought up the friends list and then they took a picture like this person was really gutsy. Uh, So (laughs) I'm going to bring this up on the screen right now. Now, it's pretty sad that this is something that we're all excited about. You know, that's like, oh, my God, we get to see we get to see part of the UI. And it is just the, such the it is so boring and I don't care. But right. we have to report on it. And so many people were excited about this. So, Lloyd, wh- what was your reaction when you saw this picture? I, I thought I was looking at Xbox for a second there because of the way that the little blades slide in and there. Uh, they have like the, the wacky names. If you just sign up for an Xbox live account, uh, this one is 23 hashtag five, eight, two, one, uh, or 23 pound five, eight, two, one. Uh, I say hashtag cause that's what my kids. Say, I say I Octothorpe. <laughs> Octothorpe. There you go. I shake my head at my kids all the time. Um, but it, it looks clean. It looks like what I hoped it would. Um, I've seen other interfaces from Google that are less clean, so I wasn't 100% sure it was going to be this way. Uh, but this looks really, really nice. Um, it, it's simple to the point, and that's what you really want out of it. Um, I'd love to see what more of the interface looks like, but this little, uh, this little tiny, uh, this little tiny s- snapshot um, makes me happy, and it makes me think that the rest of the UI is going to be um, exactly what I want from Google Stadia. Yeah, I I don't really care about this picture nearly as much because it's showing us something that it I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is kind of hard to get wrong. <laughs> it's a list. Like that's an empty list at that. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe if there's actual friends online, it's like really ugly with like spinning flaming skulls in like 1990s geocities i don't think so (laughs) but uh it it makes me think that the rest of the uh, the interface is going to be this clean now the the thing that i will point out is that over here on the left hand top corner it says your network great so it's it's going to tell you how good your network connection is and i think that that's really good so that when you're playing uh if you're having uh if things are looking like crap and you hit that button and it says uh, your network, and then uh, you know it says I don't know like shitty or something like that. Uh, <laughs> then you know, oh man, there's a problem with me, uh, and then you're probably not going to be complaining about how Stadia. Well, let, let's be honest, 
people are still going to complain about. Uh, they're going to blame it on Stadia, even though it's because they have uh, really, really slow internet. Uh, but uh, go ahead, Lloyd. Tenno, uh, Tenno Manajek, I, I want to say is how it's Techno pronounced. Techno Magic. Tech, tech, there's no. no C there. I don't know. Magic. I don't know. Okay, what, yeah, whatever. You're, you're right. Techno Manajek, <laughs> whatever your name is, uh, thanks for sending the the note in. Um, they say that uh, apparently founders won't have that uh, pound sign one two six seven in their name. If you're a founder, you're just going to have your name there, uh, which might be a cool little perk for people to jump on the founder bandwagon. Yes, uh, and they did say in the Stadia Connect that they're almost sold out in some countries of founders <laughs> packs, which is just their way. Uh, the a uh, uh, a positive spin on saying we're not sold out in any countries. Uh, so I I don't know. I thought I felt like that was really, I I hate to use the, the common parlance of, of today, but I felt like that was really thirsty (laughs) (laughs) saying that please, please, sir. May I have some more founders orders? Although I I do think that they've probably sold a lot of them. I just think that that was, you know, Google just doesn't understand how to talk to people uh, yet. Uh oh uh uh Tenno Maniac is uh in Maniac in Serbian language. There you go. Well, thank you for the uh for the information. All right. You want to take a you want to talk about this uh this next quote, Lloyd? Sure. So, um there was a, a great video that was posted by um IGN with Max Scoville, Brian Otano, Tina Amini uh um and they were interviewing John Justice which is the best name ever oh my for god superhero. is that guy a superhero i hope so uh, he's got to be right um he's the vp of product at google and um his his quote as to why they they picked uh doom eternal and mk11 is because they are hard games to get right so google's coming out of the they're coming out of their corner they're swinging they're throwing they're, they're throwing like huge uppercuts saying that yeah, we can do this right uh, and to prove it here's the hardest games that are currently coming into the market and we uh we're gonna do them right because we're google yeah they did uh so first off uh they were asked were do you have developers that were skeptical of this and they said yes absolutely we had developers that were skeptical and then we let them try it and here's the quote from uh superhero john justice uh and that's how i will be referring to him from now on he said before people could try it and see it people wondered about it there are things that we can do to speed it up where we run it where we run it to make it fast or in some cases faster than buying a console he's basically he was saying look people are skeptical that this is going to work but what we've done is we have we figured it out we've we finally have nailed it down and we were absolutely able to make it so it just feels like you're playing on a console and, you know, right. I hear a lot of people, uh, Some well, not a lot of people. I've heard some people who said that they've tried it and they've said, oh, I could feel a little latency, but I didn't really, like, it didn't affect my gameplay. And I almost wonder if that's a placebo effect, like they're expecting yeah. to, see, to feel latency. So they they think that they're feeling latency, but they always come away and say, it, feel, it felt fine. It, like, it didn't affect my gameplay at all. Uh, so... Do you, I don't know how I feel about this quote. He said, uh, faster than you can w- with a console. Do you think that that's possible yet, Lloyd? Um, yeah, I, I, in some instances, for sure, uh, depending on the game. 
a little bit of latency. Like we early on in the in the show, we talked about how um, just turning on your console, connecting it to a TV, there is uh, whatever it was, 30, 30, we'll say 30 milliseconds. I, I think it was 80 number. something uh, for like an Xbox. Maybe 80. Yeah. So like if you can if you can have close to that by streaming online for sure it's going to feel like a console um the 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 sending your controls to the cloud is going to be simple uh, everybody's internet can do that and that is really what the limiting factor here is for how your game looks because if google is doing what they do with youtube when you're playing a game they're just going to keep crunching that video down to uh lower and lower bit rates to to have it look less good but still be functional and if they can get that algorithm working right to, to figure out when to do those drops and you have decent internet to send your your control um inputs back to the cloud uh, i i think you can have close to that for latency and and most games will behave okay you know, in fact, they talked a little bit about bandwidth and, you know, Google is very aware that people are worried about this bandwidth thing. And the quote is that he said, uh, it's the last quote in here, but we, I guess we're going out of order because it makes sense to talk about it here. Uh, he said, when we did Project Stream, that took 25 megabits per second to get what we had. That was a year ago. Now we can do the same quality in 15 megabits per second or sometimes even down to 10 megabits per second so yeah it's not just that uh internet speeds are getting faster and faster it's also that their compression that youtube or that uh google is doing is getting better and better compression so they can send the same data in smaller pieces which is something i think a lot of people struggle with because they think of the physical world and they think okay i can fit uh this many cartons of milk in this box and then google's like well i can fit 12 in that box that you can only fit three in and they're like well that doesn't make any sense like they <laughs> people struggle with that because they don't know about like and i'm not going to pretend for a second that i understand it but people just don't understand about compression uh and the the people at google they're figuring out how this compression stuff works and it's uh it's pretty impressive that they were they're able to almost half the amount yeah. of bandwidth needed in one year just one yeah. year that's bananas to me do you know do you know how they can do that bill by removing the space between the atoms like uh ant-man <laughs> i don't no. know they all they have uh a billion lifetimes worth of video content that's been uploaded to them so they can just run their algorithms uh, against all this video content that they have sitting on their servers right now we've been giving them we've been, been giving them the all the test cases that they need to figure out uh, the best compression and uh and i think that's that's what they're doing they're they're taking all these videos and they're running uh, different compression algorithms against it so they're probably compressing different parts of the screen uh different amounts and and not not compressing like the the corners because that's where all of your ui is and that doesn't change as often um and and yeah they're doing they're they're probably just running tests after tests after tests there's a lot of like really uber math nerds that are just like smiling ear to ear with all this um compression stuff that they're able to uh, work on and and you know what there's another example of when Google has done this in the past. And I think I may have talked about it on the show before, but I'm not positive. But I remember a very long time ago, 
uh, I was walking towards a Walmart. Uh, we had parked in the parking lot. I was walking towards the Walmart and I wanted to know something. Uh, or I, no, I wanted to know the phone number for something. And of course, this is back in the days of flip phones, right? So we didn't have a smartphone where I could look something up. And so I opened up my phone and I hit 1-800-GOOG-411. And uh, I called Google and a robot answered the phone and said, what What do you want? And I said, whatever it is that I was looking for. And it, it did a little like doot, 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 doot sound. And then it said, okay, here's the phone number. And I hung up, right? What Google was doing there, and they, they've done this before, this is brilliant, is that they get customers to give them uh, just information so that they can use that information to learn how to do something new. In that yep. case, they were learning how can we get a robot to understand what a person wants? How can we get a, a, a machine to listen to my voice and figure out exactly what it want, what the person wants? And if there's anybody that's good at that, it's Google. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I have Siri on my phone. I had Amazon devices in my house. I got rid of them for the Google devices because the Google Assistant is a thousand times better. You can ask it to do something and 99 times out of 100, it will nail it. And I, my Amazon was having was struggling with some of the things that I would ask it to do. And oh my God, Siri is a train wreck because they just don't <laughs> have that that voice stuff down. They haven't, they haven't got the AI that Google yep. has. And so just like you were saying, where Google takes all of this video that people are constantly uploading and uses that as a way to compress, maybe that's why Google's uh, Stadia is working better than Microsoft's xCloud because Microsoft just doesn't have that same uh, wealth of knowledge that they've had over a long, long period of time of running YouTube. So I think that that's definitely a big deal and it's a feather in, in, in Stadia's cap that Microsoft is is currently lacking. Uh, and you know what really excites me most is this idea of whatever it is that we're going to be giving, uh, whatever information that they are going to be getting from, from us playing games and right. how they can use that to make something else that's even cooler down the road. Uh, like AI, learning how to best make a game experience for us based on how we play. Uh, so that's a really good point, Lloyd. Nice. Uh, okay, we got another quote. Uh, another quote from uh, superhero John Justice. Uh, I'm sorry, superhero John Justice. There we there go. go. Uh, on the possibilities with cloud. So he's talking about what can we do that can't happen on other platforms, basically is what, his, what the question was put to him. Uh, he said, we're constantly upgrading our servers. We're constantly upgrading our servers. He said that twice or I typed it twice. I'm not sure. Uh, right now, our machines are faster than anything you can buy in a console by a pretty good chunk, but we're already working on the next and the next and the next as we constantly upgrade. And that's something that you can't do in a uh, home console environment. I can't go out, buy an Xbox, bring it home, and then have it upgraded at no cost to me Mm -hmm. the next day uh so you know last week 
uh, you and I were talking about how you had gone out and you bought an Xbox, right? And I was like, I would never buy a system this close to the end of a uh, of a console cycle. And this that's the reason why, because I know that there's an upgrade coming and I don't want to spend money on on this only to have the upgrade come out right afterwards because then I'll feel like, oh, I kind of got, you know, I, I made a bad decision <laughs> or a bad purchasing decision. But that's going to be a thing of the past with Stadia because totally. you're not buying a console. You're nope. just buying a game on their system. And if they're continually upgrading the hardware behind the scenes, which is, seems like that that's what he said that they're doing, Superhero John Justice said that that's what's happening. Uh, I think that, you know, in, in, in two years, we're going to be looking at very different hardware than we are now. Uh, yep. and, and that's because Google knows that this is going to be a very lucrative store for them. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's always people who are keep, you know, they keep saying what happens when Google shuts it down like they shut everything else down. They don't shut things down that make money. They shut down side projects that that cost money. This is going to make them money because they're going to take 30 percent. I hope they take less. I hope it's 12% like the Epic Games Store because I would like to sure. see that change in, in the favor of developers. But they're going to take 30% on every single game sold on that store. And that is going to... And, and and there's no like there's no buy-in ahead of time. You don't have to buy in ahead of time if you wait until 2020. Lloyd, what do you think about this quote? I, I, I think it's the reason why cloud gaming is ultimately the future that we're going to be living in. As much as people like having these little things behind them and physical copies and consoles underneath their TV, um, you're just... Uh, Nintendo selling you a Switch can't compete with Google constantly upgrading the servers that are running your game um, from a technology standpoint. Of course, Nintendo games are amazing and I'm always going to buy Nintendo games and I'll own every Nintendo console that Nintendo ever comes out with. Um, but if you're playing a game and it looks amazing today and then Google can just make a little change on their server and the developers can go, oh, we can do, we can add, um, I don't know, ray tracing now. And then they issue a patch. All of a sudden your game that you bought on day one a year or two years later, all of a sudden is now ray traced. Uh, that isn't going to happen on any other console that you own. Um, we, everyone was super excited about uh, Microsoft taking old Xbox One, the first Xbox, not Xbox One, the current Xbox One, because <laughs> Microsoft is confusing, taking those games and then bringing them over to Xbox One and then making them look better with updated textures. It's the same game. It's just a, an updated engine running at 1080p. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the future. Well, no, the future is not ever having to have a console in your house and developers able to do the same thing just by Google upgrading their back end. So um, I don't know. It's it's super exciting uh, for the future. Um, a little Xbox One update. Um, I was talking about last week how I was downloading Gears 4 and it was like forever and it took forever. Um, the version on my Xbox One X or my Xbox One uh, took, was almost double the size. So I got to double my downloads to to display on my on my xbox and on my pc to see which one looked better um because uh, apparently i don't have data caps so i can download 200 gigs of a game that i'm only going to play for a few minutes uh so you know i'm gonna take a quick aside to talk about an experience that i had uh All and right. i'm gonna talk about this extensively on uh the next episode of switchcraft so if you haven't subscribed to that make sure that you go over to uh anchor.fm slash slash nsc for nintendo switchcraft or just go to runjumpstomp.com you can find it there um i replaced my 
Nintendo Switch with a new Nintendo Switch. And I don't know if you know this, Lloyd, but at the end, uh, they erase your SD card when you when you transfer your stuff. When you put your SD card into a dun- another Switch, yep, they're like, okay, now it's time to erase this, even though that's where all my games are. And so <laughs> I have had to re-download all of those games. And I have over 200 games on my Nintendo Switch because I get a lot of uh, review copies. Uh, I have over 200 games on my Nintendo Switch, and I started the download last night around, I don't know, like 7 o'clock or maybe 8 o'clock at night. And it, actually, it was probably 7 o'clock at night, and I figured, oh, okay, it'll be done by morning. Nope. Still going. No. It's still yep. going. In fact, it's going right now. It's still downloading all of the games that I had on there, which is just bananas. Uh, I wish. It was Stadia. You know, that wouldn't be the case. I would buy a controller, come home, hit a button, boop, there you go. I'm playing. Oh, your stuff is there. Your stuff is yeah, there. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I wish I would have I would have talked to you before you did this, because what you can do is actually back up your SD card to your computer uh, and then do the transfer. Put your SD card into your new system. It formats it with the, it, it basically encrypts it to that new hardware. You take that SD card, put it in your computer, and you just copy all the stuff to it from your computer and then you get all your games on it without having to re-download them i'm sorry bill Lord, if i would have known you're buying a you switch not i would know told that you. i was going to do this ahead of time and anticipate <sighs> this and call me and tell me <laughs> my predictive algorithms are failing me bill uh, well we'll wait until they upgrade your hardware uh <laughs> exactly. listen you you brought up a good point about the stuff that's behind us uh and they said well, how, how does you know on collecting and digital libraries they were asked about that and uh mr superhero uh, John Justice said, it's pretty much the same as everything digital today, except you don't have to wait for downloads and updates. It's just faster and better. And I mm-hmm. agree with him. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that because they want to collect everything. And I understand that if you look behind Lloyd and I, clearly we are collectors. If you're not watching the video version of this, just imagine that we've got a lot of cool stuff behind us. Um, <laughs> clearly we are collectors. And... Yep you're just going to have to not collect anymore. And I know that that's upsetting to people. And if that's upsetting enough to you that you don't want to use Stadia, then don't use Stadia. It's not for you. Uh, But guess what? Everything's going to go this way eventually. Nintendo will. uh, Microsoft will. Sony will. Everybody will eventually be on cloud gaming because it's going to be easier and better for both developers and end users. Um, This was very important to me. In fact... Uh, Sony has ticked me off to no end this console generation with their nonsense about fighting against crossplay, which is a yes. very anti-consumer move from them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said this uh, on the show before, maybe not on this show, but on one of my shows, that that's going to be a question that needs to be asked of every um, uh, platform holder when when they announce whatever it is. The first question needs to be, are you going to support cross-platform on this platform? And for Google, the answer is yes. They said, and we already knew that, but they they were reiterating here, the developers are usually pretty excited about cross-platform. We think that it's a core of next-gen. We just don't think we should have the kind of walls that we've had in the past. We want every single game, I'm sorry, every single title to have cross-play and cross-progression. 
Uh, so that's awesome, and I think it's huge, and I'm sure that we're still going to... Look, there's going to be games that don't have it. That's on the developer. That's not on Google. However, it might not be on the developer. It might be on Sony, because Sony won't allow them them to play with anybody else. And I think that in the end, it's going to bite Sony in the, in the rear end. And uh, it's a reason I'm considering not getting a PS5 next uh, next console cycle. I may end up going Xbox for my local console. Um, you, you got anything to add to this? No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just telling the people in the chat room that I used to have bookshelves filled with VHS tapes. I was a, I'm, I'm a collector. I, I have the collector bug. Like if I if I open a box when I was a kid, I'd open a box of cereal and it's like one of four toys. It's like, can we buy more Frosted Flakes? I want to get the other three <laughs> toys because I only have one of the four. I've been a collector my whole entire life. Um, and I used to have bookshelves filled with VHS tapes and then DVD was the better format. So I started replacing my, all my favorite movies with DVDs and I had bookshelves filled with DVDs and VHS tapes and boxes and storage. And then Blu-ray came out. It's like, well, I'm going to start doing this again because Blu-ray looks so much better. And I bought like maybe only like 30 Blu-rays. And you know what? This is insane is what I told myself. And I ripped all my DVDs to an, a network attached storage device I have here. And every new movie that I bought in like the last, I don't know, 12 years since my kids were born, essentially, I've bought digitally. And I haven't looked back. I don't have bookshelves filled with movies. I now have bookshelves filled with books, which is what should be on the bookshelves. And I've made that move 100% for video. Um, I've made that move 100% for music. I don't buy CDs anymore. Um, and I've I've been resisting doing that for games because I love having box stuff. Because I love I love games. I love I love the look of video games. I love the look of video game culture. I love posters. I love clothes. I love hats. I love everything to do with video games. Um, I could still do that. I can do that with retro games like I have been doing. And I can also buy modern geekery that is about the games that I'm playing without actually to having to have a box sitting on a shelf behind me. I can still do that collecting just without box art. And and I'm starting to come to that point and I'm okay with it. I'm starting to feel better about it. Um, but that's a move that I'm willing to make. And, and I'm one of the biggest collectors out there. Um, not that I have the biggest collection, but I collect everything. When I touch something, I want to collect all the other stuff in that set. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm I'm willing to make that move because of convenience. And that's what a lot of people are going to do. There's there's people that don't have a TV, that don't have DVDs, that don't have music. They have a phone and they have a Netflix subscription. If they cannot have a console under their TV, they're going to jump at that uh, as well. I, I mean, it's just the way that we're moving as a society. You know, I, this reminds me of a comment that we got on a previous YouTube uh, video. So I just brought this up. Uh, it's from SGD. They said, downloading games have one major factor that you guys are ignoring. Native gameplay. Not being dependent on a third party. Several, if we're being honest, like Google or your ISP. Why are you not discussing this? Well, here's here's why. First off, we have discussed it in the past before on previous episodes. But what I will say to this is the the amount of times you know because i i'm like lloyd i have stopped buying movies in a box and i just watch them uh, i buy them on uh on um itunes or whatever they call it now apple movies or something uh so i buy a movie on there and i watch it and uh it's very convenient because i can watch it on my ipad while i'm on my bike or whatever and the the number of times that i have sat down to watch a movie and not been able to because my internet was out has been 
Zero. That's never happened. <laughs> it's never yeah. happened that I've not been able to do that. The only time that that kind of thing would happen is when the power's out. And guess what? I can't watch anything anyway. So this whole idea that you are dependent on a third party, guess what? When you have a console, you're dependent on a third party. Your power, uh, you know, the electricity that comes to your house. If the power goes out, then you can't play your games. I guess that you shouldn't buy an Xbox then. And I know I'm, yeah. I'm being a little salty, but I just, I see so many people throwing this out there when really it's not really a problem. Name the last time that you and your house went to watch a YouTube video and it wouldn't work. And if the answer yep. is zero, then Stadia is going to work fine for you. And if the answer is higher than zero, then you either need to get a new ISP, which is tough in the US. I, I will mm -hmm. admit that. Or you just need to say, well, Stadia is not for me. I'm going to stick with Xbox. And, you know, and, and that's fine. I'm not going to yep. deride somebody for not using Stadia, but I don't understand why everybody who doesn't want to use Stadia has to go on to anybody who says anything good about Stadia and just trash them. It's kind of irritating and uh, a little immature. <laughs> not that not that this guy was being immature. He was having sure. a, 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 a measured uh, conversation about it. Uh, but there's so many people out there that are being very immature about it. Yeah. All right. I, I, I go a, ahead. I have a perfect solution for these people. So the first thing you do is you go into your podcast um, aggregator, whatever podcatcher you use on your device, and you subscribe to Nintendo Pulse and Nintendo Switchcraft. And myself on my podcast, some Bill on his podcast, we're going to talk about all the best Nintendo games. Then you go and you pick yourself up a Nintendo Switch which runs even when your power is out in your house, um, which is fantastic. You can just, it'll run. The power goes out, you pick it up, you play it. You have that as your your side console to play games when Stadia is down. And there's amazing stuff that will only ever be available on the Switch that you can play. And then you get Stadia for all your big AAA games that you'd be playing on your Xbox, PlayStation, PC. And it's the best of both worlds. Maybe you can't play Cyberpunk 2077 when your power's out, but you couldn't if you had a console either. So I, I just, I don't see that as a problem. That's just the way that internet's going. Like you can't make a phone call if the cell network's down. Doesn't mean that cells are terrible. And I, I mean, it's just, it's just the way things are. So pick up a switch, subscribe to our podcast, find out which games to play, and you'll have a backup game system just in case Google Stadia goes down because of your internet. Absolutely wonderful plug there, Lloyd. Great job. Uh, can you read this quote about the controller while I bring up the video? Sure. So uh, they were asked about the Stadia controller, um, and they were talking a bit about it. And Brian Altano, um, who he's he's a, a big guy at IGN, and and he he loves new things, but he also has some measured responses. And um, they they were talking about the Stadia controller, and he's like, I really like the face buttons; uh, that they feel nice and soft. The D-pad is clicky. The sticks are really smooth. The shoulder buttons are great. I am completely sold on this controller. Um, and you know, your, your controller is kind of your tactile interface between you and the game. And if the controller doesn't feel right, you're not gonna have a good time. Um, for, for someone that plays as many games as Brian Altano, he plays all consoles, uh, to like the Stadia controller, it means that I'm not gonna have any issues with it. And I'm actually excited to get one in the mail. Me, me too. I, I'm very excited about this. Uh, the the thing that they were saying um about the stadia controller that um uh superhero john justice was saying uh was oh where where um okay uh he said we've spent years on this years <clears throat> 
We have had hundreds of prototypes of the Stadia controller. He says, when you feel something uh, like on the D-pad, the collapse on the dome switches, it's really hard to get that just right and let you roll combos, but they, he says that he thinks that they did it. And it feels like Brian Altano, who I think Lloyd underestimated how many games Brian Altano plays because he is famous for <laughs> playing everything. Yeah. Uh, he says, if he says he's completely sold on the controller, then this thing must be a fantastic controller. And trust me, by looking at a picture of the D-pad, I have my doubts. But if Brian Altano says that it's good, then it's probably a really, really good controller because that guy knows Definitely. what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah he, he, plays, he plays a lot of stuff. He does. All right, we are already uh, approaching the end of the hour. Uh, we've got one question from Crowdplay. I was going to say that we could take questions from the live show, but you and I talked for too long. So we, we're going to have to... Uh, make sure that we save some time next episode, which will not be next weekend. It will be the week after uh, for questions from the live show. But we did get a question from Anthony Talcott. They asked this for actually like two episodes ago, and I haven't been able to get to it. Uh, but he says, a question for the cast. We all know how Google likes gathering data. Would you be willing to have Google gather? I'm sorry, gather. Oh, my God, I can't read. <laughs> Would you be willing to have Google share your gaming habits, likes, and dislikes with gaming companies? Also... Would you like to see a quick optional questionnaire about the game you just played? All right. So the, for the first question, uh, quick yes or no answer, Lloyd. I have no problem with that. All right. That was not a yes or no answer, but it was quick. Uh, and I agree. I have no problem with them sharing my likes and dislikes with a, with a gaming companies because guess what? That means that gaming companies might be, end up making games that I like more often. So I'm, I'm no, fine with not. that. That's just like the same thing with... Um, when when they show you like when the companies go out there and they show you an ad for something that they know that you like because of cookies or whatever i'm like mm -hmm. yeah i don't care i'd rather them show me an ad for you know mario kart than an ad for i don't know something that i don't care about uh so i think that that's fine the second question uh, how would you like to see a quick optional questionnaire about the game you just played? I'm totally fine with that. In fact, I used in, you know, if Google's smart, they will incentivize it. Remember Nintendo used to have a program yep. where you could yep. uh, do a questionnaire and then they would give you some space points and then you could use those space points to buy uh, cheap games, right? Yeah, cheap games or physical items and things like that. Yeah, every every game that you played on Nintendo, about a, I think it was two weeks after you downloaded it, you'd get a little questionnaire that you'd have to fill out. Um, or after two weeks after you put the code in or downloaded it because mm -hmm. they did it for physical and digital. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I gave a lot of thoughts on the games I was playing. I hope that information went back to developers and it didn't just go into... Uh, a, a, the, the virtual trash pile in Nintendo's offices. Uh, if we could do something like that on Google and maybe get um, some space bucks and we could save up our space bucks and buy a game set in space, that would be fantastic in the future. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for the question, Anthony. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can follow the show on Twitter at StadiaCast. You can follow me at Run, Jump, Stomp, and you can follow Lloyd at Dasme. That's D-A-S-M-E. I hate that I have to spell yours every time, but we will continue to do that. <laughs> uh, be sure to use the hashtag StadiaCast so that we can find your tweets. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Discord is an amazing communications platform, and you should join our Discord channels. You could join my Discord, which has a StadiaCast uh, channel in it. 
over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. And while you're already joining discords, Lloyd has his community discord over at rezd.tv slash discord. That's rezd.tv slash discord. He's turning me into a Canadian. Uh, the music <laughs> that you are about to hear is Subterranean Kamikaze by Zircon. Check out their stuff over at zirconstudios.bandcamp.com. Lloyd, you, sir, are awesome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Bill. It is a pleasure as always. Bye-bye! Bye-bye!